0: Hi, it's Lisa. Welcome back to The Healing Path, a podcast created to connect our fractured hearts as we journey into honest conversations about grief and loss. Following the deaths of two of my children, I struggled for many years to fill the holes in my heart. I tried everything, prayer, meditation, therapy, coaching, reading, journaling, you name it, plus a couple less productive approaches. After two decades of coming up short, I realized I was focused on the wrong thing. Instead of trying to fill those holes, I've learned that building a life around them is a much more worthy goal. A major part of this approach is talking openly about what my grief is like instead of keeping it all to myself. With this newfound permission to let all parts of me be here, I feel more human and less like a robot on autopilot. So I created the Healing Path podcast with the hope that sharing our stories in a compassionate environment will help us to stop working so hard to hide our scars from ourselves and from others, and start wearing them proudly as the medals of love that they are. So thank you for joining this episode of the Healing Path. Today, I'm chatting about a post called Doing Hard Things Easily. Our 22-year-old son has been in the medical world his entire life. He's sustained hundreds of invasive procedures, such as blood draws, injections, surgeries, biopsies, and other tests. He's so brave. It's impossible not to let him inspire me when I have to do hard things myself. But in a recent conversation with a loved one, I realized something interesting about Zach. He seems to do hard things easily, but get tripped up over what I might consider doing the easy things. He makes doing the easy things hard. When he needs to have labs drawn, we have a plan. It involves booking the first morning appointment early on a Saturday, so we don't interrupt his weekday routine, at the same Quest Lab so we don't confuse him with what we're doing. And making sure one adult stays in the waiting room to keep our place in line and the other keeps him in the hallway. This helps us avoid unnecessary exposure to germs from other patients. The phlebotomists at the lab knows that pretty well. At 80 pounds, he is still light enough that the easiest way to secure his posture is to place him on my lap with his targeted arm free and extended and his non-targeted arm around my body where it can't interrupt the process. I used to have to wrap his squirmy legs in mine also, but mercifully, we seem to be past that part. If you're cringing just thinking about getting blood drawn or getting a shot, you're not alone. But for Zach, the draw is the easy part. He literally watches the clinician like a hawk, as if he were the supervising phlebotomist. He studies the needle as it goes into his own arm, waits patiently while the tubes are interchanged, and that port is used for various tests. Once over, and the needle comes out, he immediately says, he did it! (laughs) Followed up with a sincere thank you. For many people... (laughs) the needle is the hard part, but Zach does this part easily. Zach's anxiety hits the roof the moment he realizes today is a day for labs. He predictably starts perseverating, asking the same questions again and again with increasing conviction as we get into the car, get closer and closer to the lab, and eventually park. He finds this to be so stressful And he'll repeat, boo boo, no boo boo, stay home, and things of this nature. He objects in the ways that he can. The anticipation is always the worst for him, and therefore his parents. For years, I tried to rationalize with Zach and remind him that the boo boo is no big deal, that he does much harder things, like trying to walk on legs that are misshapen and painful. I remind him how courageous he is, going out into the world every day with a body that doesn't do many things that it should. His dad has nicknamed him Superman and buys him clothes and socks to remind him of his bravery. But to no avail. Nothing we have said, bought, dressed him in, called him by, or reminded him of seems to impact the fateful, stressful ride To the lab on a Saturday morning. At this point, we just go for it. Coffee's in hand, sunglasses dimming the bright morning light, and allow him to squirm all the way there. It's curious that the fear or anticipation of a specific procedure generates more of a physical and mental reaction from Zach than the actual procedure itself. Is it the unknown? even though by now he certainly knows what's coming? Is it the lack of control? Having no say? Or just a plain rejection of the life he has had to show up for, even though parts of it suck? I ask these questions because I think they resonate in my own life and perhaps yours too. Are there things I might resist doing because of how I feel about them? The stories I tell myself about what might happen, fear of being out of control, or just plain annoyance that I have to do this thing that sucks yet again. If the answer is yes, and it is for me, I suggest taking a look at anything we are making harder in anticipation of the event than the actual event itself. Can we change the narrative Can we ease into the anticipation of doing something hard by reminding ourselves of the reason we're doing it or by finding some part of it to be grateful for? An easy example is a mammogram. A mammogram is a very unpleasant experience for us middle-aged and beyond women. We go through it every year. I find it annoying that I have to take time out of my day to go to the appointment Expose myself to vulnerability, mild pain and discomfort. I'm not a procrastinator, but this is one of the things that I really like to put off. But, instead of getting myself worked up about it, can I just tell myself I'm so blessed to live in a place that has this type of screening, this type of technology, that as a woman, I am independent and free. And that I am so fortunate to have health insurance, that I have a vehicle to get me there and nurses to help me through the procedure. Can I expand that gratitude beyond my small self and honor women who have come before me and died because they didn't have adequate access to this type of screening? Can I just say thank you as I drive and take the moment to meditate on how lucky I am? would that change things? Would that stop me from putting it off? There's one way to find out. Next time you jump into a familiar pattern of mounting a response of ugh over whatever you may have to do, remember Zach, recall that the needle is the easiest part. Try to find something to be grateful for and change the narrative. Then let us all know if this made the undesirable thing more bearable, and if so, how? I first heard about this kind of concept of making something so much worse and more difficult um, in anticipation of it than the actual event itself. And how many times do we stress over something, and then once we complete procedure or a task or a presentation or some type of performance. That wasn't as bad as I thought, which is awesome. I also love the quote, and I use it quite often, that worrying is like praying for something that we don't want. So those stand out to me. I also want to share a quote from Eckhart Tolle, who says, if you find your here and now to be intolerable, you have three choices: remove yourself from the situation, change it, or accept it totally. So, in Zach's case, and I talked in the um, earlier in the podcast about being grateful or trying to change the narrative. These aren't things that I can work through with our son. Um, these aren't concepts that I can really use to impact his experience of high anxiety pre-procedure and then completely, um, uh, during the actual procedure. So it won't work in all situations, but I do feel like when I first heard this Eckhart Tolle principle, which could have easily been 20, maybe 15 years ago. Um, he really did talk about, you know, you only have a couple of choices and anything else that you do is just, you know, going to make it worse. If you don't like it, you either have to accept it, get out or change it. So thank you for joining this episode of the healing path. Please visit Lisa com for other posts and also to share any comments or feedback, especially if you have an experience of changing that narrative or finding gratitude when anticipating something you believe will be difficult. If that has some type of an impact on you, be it positive or negative, we'd love to hear about it. I'm also thrilled to share that our digital support community, Scars to Metals, will be launched early in 2022. That's the word scars, S-C-A-R-S, the number two in the word metals, dot com. Until next time, stay present, stay grateful and stay healing. And as always, thanks for listening.